Welcome to the Road Sermon Podcast. In today's sermon episode, Pastor Rick brings a powerful message from our series entitled Giving Up on Christmas, entitled Giving Up Conflict. Join us as we explore the art of choosing peace by letting go of conflict. Discover practical insights for a joyful and harmonious holiday season. It may not be something we like to hear, but it's definitely something we all need to hear. So let's dive in and get this podcast rolling. Good morning to those who are joining us online. Everybody grab a Bible, a phone, an iPad, something you can read God's Word from and turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, kind of hold your spot there for just a moment. We're in a series called Giving Up on Christmas. And uh, we're not giving up on the idea of Christmas. We're giving up what keeps us from really experiencing Christmas. And last week, Matthew shared about control. And he made a statement, man, that a lot of people took away with him. If you can't control it, surrender it. And uh, today we're going to be looking at probably the biggest struggle any of us face not only in life, but especially at Christmas, and that is the struggle of conflict. How we let go of conflict in some area of our lives, because nothing will suck the life out of your Christmas celebration quicker than conflict. And there's a, a lot of ways people deal with conflict, so I want to talk to you about a couple of them for just a second. Uh, there are those who fake it till they make it, Right? Uh, they're going to show up at the Christmas celebration and act like nothing's wrong. And everything will be great till you get in the car to go home. And once you get in the car to go home, man, we unpack everything that happened while we were at the family celebration. By the way, if that's you, remember the kids are listening to that. Right? Kids are listening. Uh, not only the fake it till you make it, but there's also the sulker, right? I'm going to sit in the corner and sulk. I want everybody to know I didn't want to be here. Just leave me alone. Some of you guys isolate when you show up at the Christmas deal. Then there's the people who show up looking for a fight, right? They come in the door and they're looking. What can, what can I start it up with? And then there's the recruiter, right? The recruiter who works the room trying to get people to be on their side, whatever the issue is. They're recruiting. I'm glad nobody pointed at anybody. I just... <laughs> if your family or holiday is filled with conflict, wouldn't it be great to let go of it all this Christmas? Just to really be able to give it up for Christmas. We're going to read in Luke chapter 2. Uh, we're going to start reading in verse 8. We're going to read through verse 14. Follow along in your Bible if you would. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, and this is where we're, we're landing today, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men. Peace. With whom? He is well pleased. This didn't make the notes. I wish you'd write it down before we get started even. Um, I can't receive the peace God wants to give me if I choose to keep holding on to conflict. I just look up here at me. 
I cannot receive the peace God desires to give me if I make the choice to keep holding on to conflict. Would you pray with me? Father, you've been good to us. Thank you uh, for all that's already happening and has happened and is going to happen today. Speak to us today. Uh, Father, help us to be willing to give up what doesn't matter for what does matter. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So why, why does any of this matter? Why should we even be addressing conflict? Well, it's because of what conflict does. And there are three things uh, that conflict does in our lives that are so important that, that we have to address it in our life. And here's the first one. Conflict hinders my fellowship with God. It hinders my fellowship with God. Ideally, you and I should always want great fellowship with God, especially you'd make, it makes sense if we wanted this great fellowship with God during the Christmas season. So watch this. Look up here at me. You're going to spend at least a month getting ready for Christmas, right? If you, if you judge it by what's happening at the stores, you started in September getting ready for Christmas, but you've been maybe buying gifts all year long, planning the, the meal. You've just been getting ready. We're going to say at least a month. Wouldn't it be horrible to put all that preparation into it and then let something bigger than Christmas mess it up for you? You say, well, hold on, Pastor. What do you mean bigger than Christmas? Well, if it's going to mess it up, it's got to be bigger than Christmas. So what could it possibly be? Well, it can be conflict. Spend one-tenth, right? Let's talk about it in terms of tenths. One-tenth of your year getting ready for a holiday, and you're going to let family conflict mess it up. You're going to let conflict with your parents, your in-laws, your kids mess it up. The only way that can happen is when conflict is bigger than our relationship with God. Listen to what the Scripture says. John 17, 21, Jesus said this, that the desire, his desire was that we would be as one, even as he and the Father are one. And then he went on to say, because it's really hard for the world to believe any of this is true if you can't get along with each other. Makes great logical sense. Philippians 2, 1 through 4, Paul says that the prayer of his heart would be that we would be of the same mind, same love, united in spirit and intent on one purpose. You know what that sounds like? Peace on earth. Back to Luke chapter 2. 1 John 4, 20, if we say we love God and hate our brothers, we're liars and the love of God is not in us. Pretty easy to understand. That conflict hinders our relationship with God. Number two, this is a good one. Conflict hinders our prayers. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, the scripture says this: Husbands, love your wives, or live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as a weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, this is a verse about marriage, but it presents a principle that's true of all of life. And watch this, make sure you get it. That something happens in our interpersonal relationships that dramatically impacts our relationship with God. Now, here's how you and I live. We, we live like that's not true. We live like we can compartmentalize like what I do at work is separate from who I am spiritually. What happens in my family, and I can be ugly to people in my family, I can be mean to people in my family, I can be rude to people in my family, and somehow, magically, it doesn't affect my relationship with God. Wrong. Wrong. The Bible would teach this, that somehow, in ways I believe we do not fully understand, 
We are tied together on the horizontal. And what happens on the horizontal impacts what happens on the vertical. Even to, to the point where our prayers are hindered. Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, Jesus says, if you're about to worship and you remember that your brother has something against you, stop. Resolve that conflict. Fix what's wrong on the horizontal before you begin to address the vertical. Because you can't have peace with God if you do not seek peace with your brother. And I need you to really listen to what I'm telling you. I didn't say you can't have peace with God unless you have peace with your brother because sometimes it's not possible. Right? There, there, it, is, it is just sometimes not possible. There's going to be some people in your life and you'll say, Pastor, I've done everything I can. It just can't be resolved. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes you have done everything you can. So here's what the Bible says. Romans 12, 18 says this. As much as is possible on your side of the equation, have you done everything you can to live at peace with those around you? So that's my question to you. As a follower of Jesus, have you done everything you can to live at peace with those around you? Have you sought peace? Because unless you're seeking peace with the people around you, hear me, you cannot have peace with God. Third truth, conflict hinders my own happiness. The holidays carry a, a lot of tension for a lot of people. A lot of it surrounds uh, conflict in our lives. Matthew 5, 9, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. In Genesis chapter 3, we see what happens to our relationships when we allow conflict in. Uh, Adam and Eve chose sin over God. They allowed conflict to enter their relationship with him. And two things happened, and I want you to see how it works in our lives. Number one, there was a distance between them and God. And secondly, there was a defensiveness between them and God. Two markers of conflict. I just don't want to be around them. Right? Our defensiveness. So what happened with Adam and Eve? We went and hit ourselves. When God came and questioned them, they got super, super defensive. Now, I want you to see this. The longer you let that go, it will become your default for every relationship in life. You'll find it easier and easier to say, I just don't need those people. Oh, I'll, just, I'll just stay away from them. I don't need them. Or, and you, you know this, you probably got some of these people in your family. Hopefully it's not you. That your default becomes that defensive response. Right, everybody you're with, you're defensive. So what's happened? You started living that offended life. And it became who you are. That's why this matters. In our lives. So who, who will you be distant to this Christmas that in God's plan he wants you to be closest to? Where will your responses be filled with defensiveness this year? And I'm going to give you four ways from the Bible that we can deal with that. Number one, uh, just refuse to be offended. Refuse to be offended. It may be news to some of you, but you don't have to be offended. Um, there are a lot of things in our world that we can be offended by. Part of our problem in our culture is uh, we're offended by things that should not matter, and we accept things that should offend us. And that's another sermon for another time, but we'll, we'll get to it. Um, 
So here, here's, here's the first way you and I give up conflict. Um, we decide that we're just not going to be offended. It's just not possible for you to offend me. And you say, but you don't know what they do. Listen, listen. Let the craziness of your relatives define who they are and not who you are. Right? When they say something that you go, I was just so rude, that deserves a response. No. Listen, what they said reveals who they are. Listen to this part. Your response reveals who you are. Right? You go, well, that, that's pretty good. Well, that's pretty good because it's right out of the Bible. <laughs> Listen to this. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. Um, when, when you and I respond to an insult, we're not winning. Right? Satan whispers that in your ear. That you're winning when you get that last word. Now, you know what Scripture says? You're a fool. You're a fool. How about this one? Proverbs 19, 11. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. So here's some truth for you. If you are easily offended, you're going to be unhappy most of your life. What happens when the family gets together is going to offend you and you're going to be unhappy. When you go to church, you're going to be offended. That may explain a lot of things. You can't ever be happy at a church. Every place you go in, every business, you're going to be offended because you've chosen to be easily offended. Uh, and the truth is, um, not only are you making life miserable for you, but here's the honest truth. You're making it miserable for the people around you. Because every time they go to Christmas and you get offended... It hurts them, whether it's your mate or your kids. Or every time you leave another church because you got offended, you hurt your family. Spiritual maturity is revealed in how we respond to those who mistreat us. So how you doing? How you doing? Number three, respond with forgiveness. A little tougher truth, um, a lot tougher truth. There, there are just some evil people out there. So I, I need you to understand what's going on. I'm going to reflect back for just a second on our spiritual warfare series, that there are things that are going on that are unseen or more real than the things that are seen. And so you show up at church and somebody offends you. You show up at your Christmas deal, somebody offends you. Somewhere there's always going to be somebody who pushes that button in you. And here's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get you to act like you don't know Jesus. Let it sink in that the end goal of all this offense is so that you won't look like you even know Jesus. I need you to evaluate what's going to happen this holiday season in your life with that statement. But what happens when you are hurt or offended and the pain is real and uh, you think, I, I, can't, I can't overcome this. I've been hurt so deeply uh, well, when we find ourselves in that situation, we, to the best of our ability, we try to respond like Jesus. So what did Jesus do? Um, when evil people hurt Jesus, he forgave them. And they hurt him bad. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, they hurt him worse than whoever has offended you hurt you. 
And he looked at his father and he said, forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing. He made the first move, right? Because we get stuck there. Well, I'd forgive them if they'd just say they were sorry. There was no sorry with Jesus. It's just I forgive them. Right? He took the first move. He made the first step. He forgave first. He loved first. All the first are on his side. And if we're going to follow him, guess what? It's got to be true of us. We take the first step. We take the first move. We take the initiative. We love first. We forgive first. And there is freedom in that. Look, once you realize you don't have to even the scales, you're free. You're free to do what God puts you here to do, and that's love the people around you. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. 1 Corinthians 13.5, this is a great verse. It says, Love does not keep a record of wrongs done. And that's an accounting term, right? If you're an accountant or you know an accountant, they write everything in a book, right? And they balance it out to the penny. Everything's in that book. Everything's in that book. And what this passage is talking about is people who write down everything that has offended them in a book. And they keep it with them all the time. And they can pull that book out and go, oh, you remember three years ago on, uh, in January, you said that. Problem is, I'm 60, I'll be 63 in a couple weeks. That book is pretty big. Right? Pretty soon, everybody you know has their name in it. You're not getting along with anybody in life. And the crazy thing is, you carry that book with you everywhere you go. It gets to be such a burden. I mean, it wasn't too bad when it's a little bitty book like this put in your back pocket. Now that thing's this big. What's wrong with you? I got this book. Mad at the world. Everybody I know has offended me. I'm an angry accountant. What are the chances that you could lay that down this Christmas? Look, nobody made you pick that book up. You made it. You created it. And you can choose to lay it down. Wouldn't it be great for you, your family, and the people who love you if you gave it up for Christmas? talking to my my kids the other day I'll get to that in a second third, third, fourth thing, third thing, whichever number we're on uh, refuse to gossip now, gossip is about building your army I want these people on my team so I'm going to say bad things about somebody else um, we tell people things to turn them from someone else to us but here's the truth if they're telling, someone else, telling you about someone else they're telling someone else about you uh, that is how it works um, the scripture says, Proverbs 17, 9, whoever would foster love covers an offense, but whoever repeats a matter separates close friends. I uh, was talking to my kids the other day, and um, adult kids, it's interesting to talk to them. They were talking to me about some show they watch, and I had no earthly idea what it was, but talking about relationships and how people either giving life in a relationship or taking life from uh, a relationship. I said, well, you're talking about black holes and supernovas. I said, What? 
I said, you know what a black hole is, right? Black hole sucks everything in around it, right? Everything ceases to exist when it gets around. A black hole just sucking everything in. There are people who are black holes, right? And they're sucking the life out of everything around them. There you go. <laughs> right? They show up at Christmas and they walk in. Life just goes shunk out of the room. Right? Whatever it is, show up at church. And people go, it'd be so much better if I just didn't come to church here. Shunk. They're black holes. You know what a supernova is? Supernova is exploding light. Some people walk in and they go, I'm so glad they're here. Man, I'm so glad you made our Christmas. I'm so glad God put you in this church. Man, you show up and you bring life. Which one are you going to be? Black hole? Supernova. Last thing. Respond with grace. Uh, where, where does all the conflict come from? Because uh, at times it seems like our, our, it's the most dominant trait of our world. Uh, it comes from hurt. Hurt people. Um, hurt other people. And you're going to gather this year. Listen carefully to this. As a matter of fact, there's nothing else to write down. Uh, so just, just look up here. You're going to gather with some hurt people this year. And some of them are going to have so hurts that are so deep they can't even talk about it. Uh, and so they lash out. And all you've ever known about them, right, is this person who lashes out. They're just an ugly person. Just need to remind you that it flows from hurt. Uh, they try to make others look small or bad, thinking that somehow that will make them look good or bigger. And, and neither are true. Um, so I want to ask you a question. And I want you to think for a second because you're going to live this life out. What does a hurting world need? Well, a hurting world needs a healing response. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 30 through 32. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of, and here it is for you and me, all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and every form of malice. And decide to be kind, compassionate, forgiving, just as Christ forgave you. Well, how do you do this? Because I got some family members I don't like. All right, you do too. Uh, hopefully you're not sitting by them. Um, but we all do. Um, you notice I didn't say I have some family members I don't love. I didn't say that. I got some I don't like. Shoot, there's some people who go to church here I don't like. Right? Well, why do y'all act like that ain't true? Um, <laughs> I didn't say love because I need you to see the difference, right? Love is a choice. Like is a preference. Big difference in the two. I choose to love people. Even people I don't prefer. You with me? So you're going to have Christmas with some people you don't like. I prefer you weren't here. I choose to treat you in loving ways. Because I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, how do you do that? How do you do that? This may be the best thing in the sermon. I added this this morning. So here we go. My mind prefers things. My emotions feel things. But my soul decides things. 
I'm going to say it again. My mind prefers things. My emotions feel things. But my soul decides things. So my mind will choose things that do not line up with the decision to follow Jesus. You got to get on that same page with me. I need you on that page. My mind wants things and will choose things that do not line up with the decision to follow Jesus. I will feel things with my emotions that do not line up with my decision to follow Jesus. You with me? So how in the world am I ever going to choose to love people I don't like? And here it is. My soul tells my mind what to do. My soul tells me what to do despite how I feel. I don't make decisions with my brain. I make decisions for my brain. We decide in advance as a follower of Jesus, this is what my Christmas is going to look like. This is how I'm going to treat the people I work with, go to church with, and have the same blood running through their veins as I do. I'm going to treat them like I really know Jesus. Because this is what Jesus would say. There is no offense you have encountered that is more valuable than the relationship you're sacrificing. I'm going to say it one more time and we're done. There is no offense that you're holding on to that is more valuable than the relationship you're missing out on. Because we were created for a relationship with God and each other. Would you bow your heads with me? So are you ready to give up conflict for Christmas? Would you give it up so that you have a better walk with God? Would you be able to give it up today so that... uh, so that you could enjoy the life God created you to enjoy. I hope so. I hope you choose to give up conflict for Christmas. We're going to pray. Victor and Zach are with me here at the front. This is our opportunity to respond to God, whatever he's laid on our hearts, whatever He said to us, as big as it may be, as deep and as long as it may be. If God's spoken to you, respond today. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for loving us back, for taking the first step, making the first move, for loving us first. Help us be like that. Father, help us choose peace on earth. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.